Hi, and welcome to Straight Shot Radio. My name is Johnny Slick, and I'm the founder and head coach at Straight Shot Training, a remote personal training company with an emphasis on helping people of all fitness levels feel better, move better, and live better with progressive functional strength and conditioning workouts. Ever wonder why you keep injuring yourself while working out even if you weren't using bad form? Well, there are a ton of other reasons why you may have injured yourself and keep injuring yourself. In today's episode, I want to go through a list that I made of possible reasons behind these bumps in the road with your training and how making some changes in your workouts can have you training more consistently because you aren't constantly going to be dealing with nagging injuries. Let me be clear before starting this, though, because this list is kind of long. There are actually a lot of ways that you can screw up your training, but what I don't want this to turn into is something that instills kinesophobia in you or the fear of movement. I don't want you to think, well, if I have to do all of these things just to not get hurt, I'd rather not work out at all. To that, I would say two things. One, I'd rather have the minor aches and pains that come from being physically active than face the harsh health consequences that come from a sedentary lifestyle. And two, I want you to use this list today as a troubleshooting guide to some possible factors in your injury. This is not a list of do's and don'ts. Everyone's different. Everyone needs to find out what works for them in their exercise program. I just want to give you some guidance so maybe there's something in here today that makes you go, oh, I didn't think of that. Maybe that's why I keep getting hurt. Again, please don't let this overwhelm you. And I hope that through this episode, I can help you keep yourself safe while you're training so you can spend more time making progress and less time rehabbing injuries. Really quick before we start though, as we go through this list, you're gonna hear a lot of reasons that you're getting injured that can be worked on by working with a qualified and experienced coach. Even just a couple of sessions with one of my coaches or a short program from them can go miles towards improving your movements. We hear it all the time with our athletes. They feel better and they can do so much more after working with us and it's one of the things that we're most passionate about. We want to help you do the things that you love to do and not get hurt while doing them. So if you are ready to experience what working with a straight shot training coach is like, head over to straightshottraining.com and click on request a coach to get started. All right, let's get to the bottom of why you keep getting injured while training. All right, we're going to jump right into this because I didn't say the number earlier because I didn't want to scare you away, but I actually came up with 20 different things that you might be doing in your workouts that are getting you injured or keeping you injured. So I'm not going to spend a long time on each one of these. Honestly, we could do a whole episode on probably each one of these, and we have on some other episodes if you go back, but I want to mainly use this list to present all of these to you, say a couple words quickly about each one, and then move on so that you can try to hear the one that's most relevant to you and your training, or actually there's probably a few of these that might be relevant to you and your training, and then if you want to talk more about it, shoot me a message. Johnny, J-O-N-N-Y, at straightshottraining.com, or find me on social media using the handle at straightshottraining. So thing number one here on our list of things that might be injuring you or having you get injured while you're training is you're skipping your warm-up. You're not warming up properly, especially if you're somebody who does not have an active job and you're sitting around a lot. You're going in and you haven't moved much all day, and then you're throwing weight on the bar, and you're not progressively warming up, 
and all of a sudden you've shocked your body with all of this weight, it's not ready to handle all of that weight, and things go wrong at the bottom of a squat. I'm sure a lot of you have experienced that before. So the warm-up is going to be very individual. You need to find what works for you and what works for the activity that you are doing, and make sure that you really prioritize that warm-up. Maybe start by overly warming up, spending some extra time in the warm-up, and then figure out, okay, you know, this warm-up is taking me a little too long. What do I really need to do? What are the two, three things I really need to do to prime my body to get ready for this activity? The second thing on our list here that may be part of why you're getting injured has to do with your warm-up a lot of times, and that's you're neglecting the small muscles, the stabilizer muscles around the joints. You're neglecting this in your training, and it's having you perform poorly on your heavy lifts because the joint stabilizers are not able to do their job, the big muscles take over, and you end up kind of torquing your body into weird positions because you're not able to control the weight as you're moving with it. And this can be something that's done in your warm-up to kind of prime those muscles and get you used to you know, how your shoulder blade is supposed to move on an overhead press, how it's supposed to move on a bench press, how your hips need to move to keep your knees you know, in line with your feet when you're squatting, how to warm up your feet so your arches can support you while you're squatting or lunging or deadlifting. Doing those things in the warm-up are great to kind of prime your body for whatever movement you're doing, but also if you really need to work on something, like your knees are always caving in in your squats, or if you really have you know, weak muscles around your shoulder blades, at the end of the workout, go ahead and hammer those small muscles again and really spend some time working on those stabilizer muscles that are going to keep you safe while you're working all the big sexy muscles. Now, number three on our list here, you might be using bad form or poor mechanics. And I said before in the intro that maybe you got hurt even though you were using good form. Well, I would revisit your form. There have been times in the past where I thought my form was awesome on something until I really broke the movement down, started doing it with lighter weights, started listening to you know other coaches, physical therapists, trying to clean up my form, and I realized, oh, this is what I was doing. I was doing you know X, Y, or Z, and I wasn't holding myself tight at the bottom of my squat, and that was causing this, and that's why I kept getting these lower back injuries. And so a long time ago, actually, there's a podcast and a blog about this uh, that you can check out over at straightshottraining.com. So once I started prioritizing you know, my, my working these small muscles, warming up better, and revisiting my form, doing our first three things here on our list, I stopped having those issues, and my squat max went through the roof. And it really, really helped me, and I stopped getting injured with it. One thing that's going to really hurt you, though, if you have bad form, is moving too fast. So if you have bad form and the weights are light enough, it's really not going not gonna to hurt you. You need to learn how to use good form. But in the beginning, if you're trying to learn something new and you're not sure about your form, just move slow, use light weights, and if it feels bad, it's probably not something that your body likes to do. If you are moving fast and you're going heavy, that's when problems arise with, with poor mechanics or poor form. And I know that there's this big thing on Instagram right now and, and all over social media where physical therapists are really, really critiquing people's movement, like to the nth degree. And I know there's a place for that, but I think with new exercisers, it really scares them off. 
And so I want people to be comfortable coming to the gym and being comfortable with, you know, learning how to squat, learning how to overhead press without thinking that they're going to blow up their shoulder or blow up their hip or their knee if their form is off by, you know, 10 degrees. Okay, it's, it's, it's not going to make that big of a difference until you start really going heavy and really training a lot that that, thing, that kind of stuff is going to mess you up. Absolutely work on your form, but slow things down and go light and you're going to stay safer while you're learning how to do those movements correctly and then add weight after that. But it's one of the big things I have against classes that are heart rate based and competition based fitness is that it's all about moving fast and it's all about moving heavy weights and form really falls to the wayside on this and it's a reason why a lot of people get hurt doing those types of of classes and sports. The next thing on our list here is you're always lifting heavy. If you are constantly lifting heavy, even if you have good form, your body can only handle so much load like that. You have to give your body periods of time where it's lifting lighter weights. Now, this could be something where you have heavier days and lighter days, like daily undulating periodization, like we talked about a couple podcasts ago, or something where you have you know six weeks of heavy lifting and then six weeks of lighter lifting and then six weeks of you know higher reps and then six weeks of lower reps going back to heavy weights, something where you have that that periodization where your body gets a break from doing one type of training all the time. If you're always lifting heavy all the time, your body is not going to get a chance to actually recover, and you're not actually going to get that strong if you're constantly lifting heavy. You can't just hit a one rep max every time you go in the gym forever. It's not how that works. Next thing on our list here is, are you performing the same movements over and over again? And this is in and out of the gym. This is called repetitive overuse. If you are constantly, and this happens with people who play a sport like throwing sports, like baseball, where you're constantly moving your arm in that in that motion hundreds and hundreds, thousands of times over the course of a season, that's why you see so many shoulder injuries, even though they have really good mobility in their shoulders. Baseball pitchers have great mobility in their shoulders. That's why they're able to do what they do. But if you're constantly overusing something, the muscle doesn't have time to recover, and you end up having those, those soft tissue issues. So whether it's you playing a sport or you lifting a weight in a gym, or if you have a job where you're constantly doing the same motion over and over again, and you go into a gym and your body is twisted off to one side because you're a package handler and you've only been twisting one direction all day long, and you go to do an exercise and you go to twist in the other direction and you pull something... Well, it wasn't the thing in the gym that injured you. It was the stuff that you were doing outside the gym. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself because that's actually down on the list later. We'll revisit that. But re- performing the same movements over and over again or repetitive overuse is another reason why you might be getting hurt in the gym. Next thing on our list here, you might not be resting long enough in between your sets or you might only be doing circuits. And this is going to... See, we're kind of building on it or some of these are building on each other as we go down the list. But if you are only doing circuits, if you are trying to keep your heart rate up in between sets and you're trying to just do as much work as you possibly can when you're in the gym, a lot of times you can have cumulative fatigue. And this is where even though you know, you're bench pressing in the middle of a circuit of five other exercises, you're so tired when you get back to that bench press again that your form starts to break down. Or your stabilizer muscles are not able to keep your shoulder in a safe position while you're pressing that bar up uh, over your chest. 
And that lack of rest in between your rounds or in between your sets is what's going to lead to that fatigue that eventually has you doing something dumb. Now, I know a lot of people get hurt right off the bat in the beginning of their workouts. Probably not from warming up. Maybe that won't be the reason there. But uh, most of the time, you'll see people getting hurt later in the workout or towards the end whenever their bodies are just are just not getting enough recovery in between the sets. Now, the next thing here on our list that has to do with recovery is not resting long enough in between your workouts. So that that last thing I mentioned was not resting long enough in between the sets of an exercise you're doing. The next thing is you're not resting long enough in between your workouts. So this is another thing I really don't like about the functional fitness community is that they say, well, the body is one piece, so you need to train it like one piece. You know, you need to be doing these big full body movements and do them every day because that's the way the body was designed to work. Well, the body wasn't really designed to go into the gym and pound away at, you know, thrusters and and burpees and walking lunges and sprints and sled drags every single day. We're supposed to move every single day, but if you're trying to improve your functional capacity as a human, some of that involves rest and recovery. And that can involve you splitting your workouts up into upper and lower body workouts or pushing and pulling workouts. You don't have to do everything every time you go into the gym. If you want to actually get stronger, you need to rest more. So if you're not resting long enough in between workouts and you're hitting the same muscle groups day after day after day, you're going to same deal as I said before with not resting enough in between the sets. You're going to get that cumulative fatigue. It's the same as if you're always lifting heavy. You're never giving your body a chance to recover. And when you don't recover, you get overuse injuries. The next thing here on our list is you might be training through pain. And this doesn't even mean training through an injury. Obviously, if you're training while you're injured and you're doing the same thing that got you injured, that would probably be my first place to start with you is, hey, stop doing that. Let's figure out why that hurts. But if you're just feeling something that doesn't feel right on a lift, you're feeling pain in your shoulder, in your hip, in your knee, in your ankles, I want you to figure out what's causing that by maybe taking the weight down, and going through some reps at a lighter weight. If it feels fine at a lighter weight, then maybe do that exercise at a lighter weight that day. If it still doesn't feel good at a lighter weight, then switch it up and work that muscle a different way in a way that doesn't hurt. Be flexible with how you're training. Something doesn't feel good, and I mean like, this isn't, you know, oh, well, my hips felt tight on a squat. You know, we're talking like my knee, I feel this sharp pain in my knee today when I'm squatting. Switch something up. Switch up the range of motion, switch up the exercise, do something different. Training through pain is ignoring a signal that the body is giving you, telling you, I don't like the way you're doing that, please change it. So please listen to your body when it comes to that. Next on our list here is muscular imbalances. And this is a huge one online that people say is like the root cause of all injuries. This is just one of the things. This is this obviously can be one of the reasons why you're getting hurt. It's one of the reasons why your form isn't great on exercises, but it's not the only thing. It's not the, the biggest culprit in all of this. Muscular imbalances are where you have too tight of muscles on one side of a joint and too laxed or, or weak muscles on the other side of the joint pulling the joint into a position it shouldn't be moving in while exercising. So really easy example of this is if your pecs are really tight, they're going to roll your shoulders forward. And if the muscles of your upper back are weak, 
your shoulder is going to be rolled forward into that like gorilla posture that you see the bros checking themselves out in the mirror at the gym with. So if your pecs are super tight, tight biceps, you know, all your mirror muscles, all the beach muscles, when those are super tight, they fold the shoulders in. If your upper back is weak, you can't pull your shoulders back into a good position. Forward rounded shoulders when you're, you know, bench pressing and overhead pressing is going to end up causing issues with your rotator cuff. You can't properly stabilize your shoulder and you're actually not going to be able to to do as much because you, all the muscles in your upper back, which is a support system for your overhead press and your bench press, are, are weak and not doing anything. So if you have these muscular imbalances, you may be risking an injury. But the other thing with muscular imbalances comes from if you're only doing bilateral exercises, meaning you're never using just one leg at a time or just one arm at a time, or training independently by using dumbbells or kettlebells. If you're only doing barbell work, only doing squats, deads, uh, bench presses, overhead presses, if you're only ever holding onto a bar with two hands or squatting with two feet or deadlifting with two feet, you're going to have one side that ends up naturally being stronger than the other one, and that can cause some issues. So make sure that you're switching it up by doing some unilateral work, using some dumbbells, do lunges, single leg deadlifts, step ups, single arm presses, single arm rows, those kinds of things that are gonna help you keep both sides of your joint strong and healthy. The other thing here is you might only be moving, and this cause this could cause muscular imbalances if you're only ever moving in one direction. If you're only ever moving forward and backwards, you may have one side that's a lot stronger than the other side because you're not doing any side-to-side -side movements. So make sure you're still, even if just, just in your warm-ups, make sure you're doing some side-to-side -side movement. Make sure you're doing some rotational movement in your hips, in your torso, in your shoulders, your, your hip rotator work, your rotator cuff work, and your thoracic spine uh, rotations, things like that. Make sure that you can move in all directions so that you can stay, state, so you can stay safe in all directions when you're training. And then the final thing here with muscular imbalances, these tight muscles could be because you just don't do enough mobility work. Everybody's different. Some people need more than, than other people when it comes to mobility work, but figure out how much you need and take it seriously, just like the rest of your training. And this doesn't mean just you know laying on a lacrosse ball. This means you actively pulling your joints, using your muscles into good positions, doing your rotator cuff work and your hip work I was just talking about. Make sure that you spend some time on that mobility work, that range of motion work, to keep you from getting those muscular imbalances. It'll also help out your form and help you out with your numbers so you can just get stronger and you know, more jacked and all the things that you want out of your gym program. Uh, so next thing on our list here, and we're actually halfway through our list, poor nutrition and poor hydration practices. If, you, if you're killing it in the gym, please take it seriously in the kitchen. Please make sure that you are drinking enough water, that you are getting enough electrolytes in in your diet to make sure that your muscles are well fed so they can recover the way they need to. Roll into the next thing on our list here. You might be increasing your intensity, your volume, your load, or your distance too fast. So intensity doesn't mean just moving faster. It means relative load. So what percentage of your one rep max are you lifting at? If you go from you know, 70% of your one rep max and you jump to 90% of your one rep max the next week, you're going to risk an injury. Or if you don't even know what your max is and you just keep adding weight way too fast every week, you're going to risk an injury because there's going to come a point where there's a load that you're not able to handle with good form. 
And it wasn't that your form was necessarily bad to start off with. It was just you went up in weight way too fast and your stabilizers or in your hips or your low back weren't able to hold you in a safe position while you were squatting or deadlifting. Increasing your volume too fast means increasing the amount of sets and reps that you're doing. If you're trying to you know, get bigger, you need to have a higher volume program. If you go from doing you know, three sets of, of eight to doing five sets of 12, that's a big difference in repetitions there. Okay, Because you just went from 24 reps to 60 reps. And that's about the only math I can do is when math when it comes to sets and reps. Um, but if you if you took your volume up too fast like that, because you essentially you doubled your repetitions, possibly that could lead to you not recovering well enough, especially if you combine that with poor nutrition and poor hydration, and you're going to risk an overuse injury because of that. I said before the uh, intensity, meaning load, you could also be increasing your velocity. That means moving faster. You could go from, you know, moving slow with your running to sprinting. I'm telling you now, you're going to pull a hamstring muscle and it really, really hurts. So gradually increase how fast you're going or how fast you're moving the bar if you are lifting for speed, especially if you're doing Olympic lifting. Work your way up to that with lighter weights if you're Olympic lifting and work your way up by gradually increasing your speed whenever you are training you know, outside running or on a bike or a row or something like that. And then the other thing here is you might be increasing your distance too quickly. So you go from running one mile a day to running four miles a day. That's a lot of extra steps. Increasing your distance too fast is going to have you possibly risking, risking an injury. Actually, most most likely you're going to get injured. If you go from running one mile a day to running four miles a day, you're going to get injured. The next thing here on our list is a lack of focus. And this is kind of weird because this, this is now getting into the mental side of it here. It's kind of similar to what we talked about before with mechanics and form, but if you aren't focused on what you're doing, especially with bracing and you're breathing while you're lifting, or you go out for a run and you're not really thinking about your form. You kind of lose focus with it. Losing focus could take somebody who has great form on a, form on a lift and have them turn into absolute trash form on a lift because they're not focusing. You have to have your mind into what you're doing. You have to fully commit to the activity that you're doing. You can't go at a one rep max squat or deadlift with a lack of focus and expect to hit a PR. You have to be dialed in. So even if you're doing lighter lifting or you know a, a recovery jog or something, don't totally tune out. You know, feel what you're doing. Try to make sure that you're using proper mechanics throughout that and stay focused on your task at hand when it comes to your training. Next on our list here, poor equipment. So if you're using a machine in a gym, that machine was not built around you and your arthrokinematics, or the way that your bones move by the muscles pulling on them. So if you're in a gym using a machine and it doesn't feel great, don't do that machine. You don't have to do that machine. You can do it. find a million other ways to, do, to work that same muscle. Machines in gyms are convenient, but they're, they don't work around you. You conform to what the machine does. They don't conform to you. That's why I really don't like using machines. I like using you know, dumbbells, kettlebells, barbells, bodyweight stuff. Uh, I love machines like lat pulldowns and, and rows and things like that for pulling exercises, but that's pretty much it. 
Although leg extension and leg curl are pretty cool too if, if they feel good. But there are some machines like fly machines and shoulder press machines and leg press machines that just don't feel good for certain people and you just shouldn't do them. They're just not, not, great, not a great fit for your body. That's what I'm trying to get at here. The other thing with poor equipment is your shoes. If you're running and you do not have the correct shoes for your feet and the type of running that you're doing, you're going to risk an injury there. So when it comes to shoes, I'm not the expert on that when it comes to running. I would go to a running store, have them evaluate your gait and how you're running, how you're walking, have them look at your arches and figure out the shoe that's going to work for you and the type of running that you want to be doing. Next on our list here is performing exercises that you shouldn't be doing. Now, I don't think that there are bad exercises. I used to think there are certain exercises that no one should do, and now I've changed my tune a little bit when it comes to that. I don't think that there are bad exercises. I just think there are some that are better suited for different bodies than others, and that some exercises have a higher risk versus reward to them. And I would say, well, why are you doing that exercise? It's not necessarily bad, but you know, at a certain load and a certain velocity, maybe it is. So I'm not gonna, I mean, there's a, I'm not gonna give you a list of exercises here, but the main thing is listen to your body. If something f- does not feel good, then don't do it. I said it before when we talked about the machines. Same thing with dumbbells and kettlebells and bars. When something doesn't feel good, that's your body saying, change something. Either the way you're doing it or the way you're approaching this movement when it comes to how you warmed up, your mobility, uh, your focus, your form, all of that stuff. So exercises that you shouldn't perform is totally individual. Figure out what works for you and stay away from the stuff that really just doesn't feel good. There are certain things that I'll do. I'll be like, you know what? I think there's a better way I can do this that's going to feel better for me and my personal mechanics And don't get hung up on doing an exercise because you think you have to do this exercise. You don't. There's a million ways of moving our bodies and loading our bodies with those movements. Figure out what works best for you. Next on our list here is maybe you have a lack of periodization. I talked about this before when it came to lifting heavy, but it also comes to running. If you're constantly doing distance running, you should spend some time switching up throughout the year and doing some shorter distance stuff. If you're always lifting high rep, maybe you go to classes where you're doing high rep workouts, you should spend some time not taking those classes and doing something different and switching it up a little bit so you're not constantly doing the same thing. It's that repetitive movement stuff we talked about before. You need to switch things up a little bit, whether it's switching it up throughout the week, vary what classes you're taking, maybe take two classes a week and then one day of just heavier lifting, and gradually work yourself up because you're going to be kind of killing two birds with one stone there, or just periods throughout the year where you're focusing on different things here. Next on our list here, and I'm going to try to keep the explanation of this one pretty short, high eccentric loading or high velocity eccentric loading. Eccentric loading is when the muscle is contracted while it's being stretched, aka when you lower a weight. So if you're holding weights, Just do a bicep curl with me. No one's watching. Keep your elbows tucked up against your body and bring your arms up like you're doing a sweet bicep curl and then slowly lower the weight down. But contract your bicep while you're lowering it. So flex your bicep while you're lowering your arms. And you feel how it's tight while it's being stretched? That's called eccentric loading. And we did that manually, but normally you're going to have a weight in your hand and you're going to be lowering the weight slowly. 
Well, when you have high velocity eccentric loading, you really risk pulling a muscle or even worse, developing something called rhabdomyolysis where you tear the muscle to the point of where the muscle cell breaks down and releases its contents into the bloodstream, which go to your kidney, they turn turns your you're in a dark shade of like Coca-Cola black and you have to go on dialysis. So to avoid that, just avoid high repetition, high eccentric, high velocity things. So don't do 200 kettlebell swings. Don't do 200 sit-ups on a GHD machine. Don't do these things that are gonna have high eccentric loading at a high speed with high repetitions. Stuff like you know, you know, bicep curls and presses and squats, those are, are way less likely if you're moving at a consistent speed with you know, appropriate loads for you and you're not overdoing it repetition-wise. I don't want you to get afraid and think that you're gonna get rhabdomyolysis from doing those. Rhabdo happens the most with kettlebell swings and sit-ups on the GHD machine when they're done in excess of like hundreds of reps. So that's just, just be smart when it comes to your repetitions. But high velocity, high centric loading. The other thing is jumping off of a box and landing. That's great, it's a great drill to do, but just don't do it 100 times. Otherwise you're gonna blow up your Achilles tendon. I feel like that, that part got dark. I wanna bring us back in here so that we don't, I don't wanna scare anybody away here. The next thing on our list here is neglecting aspects of your fitness. Simply put, runners, you need to lift. Lifters, you need to run or do some cardio. You, you need to prioritize. You can definitely specialize in certain things, especially if you're in a sport, but you need to make sure that you can walk up some stairs without getting out of breath. And runners, you need to make sure that you can pick up you know, your bags of groceries and walk them into your house without pulling your back out. Next on our list here, rolling right through. What is your injury history? And are you neglecting the root cause of, that, of those prior injuries? I said before, everybody's different. Everybody comes into the gym with a different injury history. And if you are constantly, always hurting your shoulders doing barbell snatches, maybe you need to stay away from those. And then maybe you need to look at your shoulder mobility and your thoracic spine mobility and figure out why you're always getting hurt on those. Look at your injury history and the root causes of those. If the root cause is one of the next things we're gonna talk about, which is structural issues, if you have been to a physical therapist and a doctor before and they said, hey, here's what's going on in your knee. This happened when you had that skiing accident and now you know, until you're ready to get a knee replacement, it's really not gonna be great for you to squat super, super low with heavy weights. Okay, take that, in, in, take that seriously and recognize that you might need to alter what you're doing because of your injury history, whether it's a, you know, an injury training or an injury from something else, take that into consideration with your training. That ties in with the next thing we're talking about here with structural issues or serious soft tissue issues. If you have a torn rotator cuff, you have a torn meniscus, you have torn labrum, you have you know, whatever the structural issue might be. This is not an immediate death sentence to your movement. It should be something where you and your physical therapist, and you should go see a good physical therapist, shout out Dr. Foland at Kinetics Physiotherapy, you should go see a good physical therapist and have them help you figure out what you can and can't do when it comes to your movements. Because there are gonna be some things that are better suited for you than others if you have some type of serious issue going on. And you may be working towards eventually having that issue repaired, but you can definitely still train in the meantime. 
and maybe you have had that injury repaired, but the way it was done maybe years ago, they used to take, just pull out people's meniscus out of their knee. Uh, the way your surgery was done or how you recovered may affect the way that you train in the future. So you may need to adjust your training. And again, training should be something that's very fluid throughout your lifetime and very individual. And don't get stuck into thinking that you have to do this thing, that you have to squat till your butt touches the floor with heavy weight on your back. I, I like doing it, but it's not for everybody. It feels good when I do it, but it doesn't feel good for everybody. And I understand that. So you need to figure out with a good physical therapist around your structural issues, what you're able to do and what you should try to steer clear of. Last thing on our list here, and thank you so much for sticking with me through this. I know that I probably rolled through these really fast. Again, if you want to talk more about some of these, please hit me up on social media. But the final thing here is you're not factoring in your out-of-gym physical work. I know a lot of people who will spend their weekend gardening and moving stuff around their yard, and they come into the gym on Monday, and they pull their back out on a deadlift. Well, your back was so tired from basically deadlifting all weekend that it was just like what I said before where you're not giving yourself enough time in between your workouts. You may have injured your back because you were taxing it all week and then you taxed it just a little bit too much that next time you came into the gym. So when it comes to your out-of-gym physical work, remember working out out in the yard and working out in the gym all tax your musculoskeletal system. So you need to make sure you give it enough recovery time in between your working and your working out so that your body can recover and you don't end up developing those either overuse injuries or more traumatic injuries or acute injuries by pulling something quickly while you're working out because you know your stabilizers were too tired to support you there. All this sounds kind of scary, right? Well, here's the thing. <laughs> the list of things that can go wrong if you don't work out and you don't take care of your body is a heck of a lot longer than the past half hour that we've been talking about these 20 things here. The main theme with all of these is that you need to start slow. You need to listen to your body. You need to prioritize your form and the things that go into that. You need to take the time to learn the movements and the proper progressions with your training and you need to get yourself a good coach who can help you with all of these things. And that's where we come in. I said it before. We are a team of dedicated coaches who place just as high of an emphasis on keeping you from getting injured as we do getting you fit. And look, little, little bumps in the road happen when it comes to your training. But figuring out why it happened and learning from it is the key to making sure those things don't happen again. My coaches and I are passionate about figuring out what those hidden saboteurs are in your fitness and eliminating them for good so you can train pain-free while making the progress that you want to with your fitness. And for issues beyond our scope of practice, we work closely with physical therapists like our sister company, Kinetics Physiotherapy and Performance down in North Carolina. And we work with several PTs in the Frederick area to make sure that between all of us, we can get to the bottom of whatever is causing your pain. If you are ready to attack those issues that are causing your pain and you're ready to attack them with as much vigor as you're chasing those PRs or chasing your weight loss, I want you to head over to straightshottraining.com, click on Request a Coach, and I'll get in touch with you right away to get started. While you're there, be sure to join our email club to get exclusive content, deals, and giveaways. Thank you so much for listening today. I really appreciate it if you could subscribe to the show, leave a rating, and share this episode with a friend who needs to hear it. That would be 
awesome. And you can find us on social media using the handle at straightshottraining. And again, our website is straightshottraining.com where you can learn more about how we can help you to get started with one of our coaches. Thanks again and have a great week, everybody.